0: And now, Kevin Hart sits down with comedian and host of Laugh Out Loud Radio's Quake's House, Earthquake, to talk life and all things comedy, including Earthquake's new Netflix special, streaming now. This is Comedy Goldmines with your host, Kevin Hart.
2: Welcome, world, to another episode of Comedy Goldmines. I hate that I have to give an introduction to what we do. On this particular show, but without an introduction, for my new listeners, you may not be aware of what this is, which is why the introduction is necessary. Comedy Gold Minds is a podcast where I get into the minds of comedians, comedic actors, people that have a comedic love or comedic talent. Doesn't matter what you are, but if comedy is attached to it, I want to get in your mind because these minds to me are some of the most amazing minds there is. God damn it. This is great dialogue, real dialogue. And today's, today's is going to be a lot of fun because I'm talking to, I got to be honest, man. I got to say I'm talking to a guy who can act as a mentor, a role model, and a trendsetter within the world of comedy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the legend himself. I'm talking about Earthquake. Quake, what up, man?
1: What up, homie, man? It's good to see you, Kev. You know you my guy, man. <laughs> What's happening, man? Good to see you, man. How you, the family, and everything, bro?
2: Man, everybody's good. They got no choice but to be. If they weren't, I would say, shut up and stop complaining. Okay? <laughs> everybody everybody <laughs> has to be good. Craig, let me tell you why I said mentor. Let me tell you why I said trendsetter. Let me tell you why I simply gave you those titles, man. You're one of the headliners that has been headlining at a high level in stand-up comedy for years. And not only have you headlined in stand-up comedy for years, you've always been an example of constantly create. When I say you have been a mentor, your mentor side for me has come from your ability to constantly put a pin to the pad and come with funny quake has never been content with being one version of funny and sticking with that one version for the duration of your career i know a lot of comedians so i hope you know what i'm referring to i'm talking about the comedians that do material and i do that material forever and no matter when you see those comedians you see those comedians doing the same shit and eventually you say god damn i wonder if they're ever going to do some other shit There's some that just don't do that. And you've never been that, man. You've never fucking been that, Quake. So that's why I wanted to give you those flowers, those accolades in the beginning, because it was you that I got to see. It was you that I was around in those beginning stages of my career when I first got to do what was a tour. When I first got to be a part of some of those and I was attached to some of the bills you were on, yo, man, you were just a fucking funny guy. But then later on, as I saw you, you were always a different version of a funny guy. You constantly create it, Quake. How the fuck was that possible? Where did the writing and, and love for Constant New come from with you, man?
1: Well, uh, first of all, I don't write and I don't have the accolades or the platform that I, some of these comedians have that they are able to recycle jokes over. My number one um, avenue and revenue of money is stand-up. And I never had a platform of some of my peers had, such as host Comic View, uh, Showtime at the Apollo, none of it. So, all my shit is grassroots. So, when those 2,000, 3,000 people come see me, Mm -hmm. they support me each year. So, I have to keep giving them something to keep the revenue coming and for, you know, our people to say, hey, motherfucker, I heard that. So, and I don't, I don't, by not writing, it keeps you fresh because I just see something and elaborate on it. You know, and whatever's hot or what's going on, I talk about it and I elaborate on it and that's how I get down. I mean, so it's I started that way because I own my own club and nobody wouldn't come to my club because the Comedy Act told them if they performed at my club, they couldn't work at none of the Comedy acts.
2: Where was your club at, Quick?
1: Uptown Comedy Corner in Atlanta.
2: Mm.
1: That was my club, I started it. I'm the founder and um since they couldn't come, which was a gift and a curse, it made me have to do all the time. So, I just started flowing from then on, and that's how I got down. And I haven't changed since.
2: Now, let me make this very clear, man, for my listeners. When Quake says I don't write, what he's referring to is he doesn't sit down with a pen in the pad and just and just put the shit. Just start, just start putting jokes there. What he's saying is true. Hey, man, you know, look, I'm I'm a creative guy, and the world of funny for me comes from ideas that I have, and I love stepping on the stage and, and spitting that shit out, seeing what comes from it. And then what comes from it is I stick to, and I, I keep building on that, <laughs> right? Yes. It doesn't mean that this man doesn't sit and doesn't, uh, doesn't, doesn't think. He's saying his ideas are in his head, and he much rathers to go on stage and grab a microphone and just spit whatever those ideas are and flow from it. And from that is where he finds the fun goal.
1: Well, I tried it though. I tried it because Steve was the one told me to stop doing it that way. Steve Harvey said, your shit come out already ready. You don't have to write and flip it. And once he gave me that green light and said, no, it's not a right way to do it. Your way is the right way. I exploded from there because I tried to do the traditional way because I started in white clubs and I started writing and then then rehearsing it, that's how it is. And I always got stagnated with it. It, was, it just wouldn't work for me. And uh, I talked to Steve one time we was hanging, he did my club and I told him about it. He said, no, that ain't how you do it. And since it was off to the races after that.
2: Now, you said you started off in white clubs. Quake, I want to go back to the beginning. I want to go back to, you know, the 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 bottom, right? And yeah. at the bottom, was, was the name earthquake at the bottom? Was there a decision? That went into that. How how did the name Earthquake come about?
1: That's another insecurity. I got out, I got out the military, and I said, let me try this, but I ain't gonna fuck my name up. So I said, let's try earthquake. (laughs) So this shit don't work out. (laughs) I like, I don't know that nigga. (laughs) My name Nathaniel. My name Nathaniel. (laughs) Because it wasn't no epiphany, you know. Let me try this shit. You know, and if it comes, you know, it was just the best decision that day. You hear comedians all the time say that, Kev, you know hitting store. I seen Richard Pry up there. Got out the military and say what I'ma try, and of course, everything with my story got something to do with a woman. And um, we watched Delirious, and she was on the floor, just dying, just, I said, that shit funny. But ain't that funny, if you just wanna fuck the nigga, just say you wanna fuck them. <laughs> but don't, don't be rolling all on the floor, and nice, and that kind of shit, you know what I mean? So I fucked up my pride, cause she wasn't giving me no pussy. But she was all on Eddie with the red suit, so. I was like, she was like, man, you do it then. I said, ah, fucking, I can, I might can't do it like that, but I bet you I can do it. So, and it started from then on. So I started going to like coconuts and different five, And once I got out the military, they gave you $75 and I was better than working a regular job. So I started doing that hosting. And then to be a headliner, I was like, man, I hate coming here early how do this last motherfucker get to come in when he feel like he said, that's only for the headline. I said, well, how you be a headline? They say, either get some credits or make the people behind you don't want to be on the show that you had to get your own. I'm like, well, I can't control that part, but I can control the other part. So that's how I came down. So that's how I came to Earthquake. And that's was my, um, my whole vision for being a headliner. And cause I wanted to come in late and, don't have to be there when the waitress get to the club and say all them fucking announcements and shit.
2: You're one of the people whose name match your reality, right? And I, I think that's a that's a real thing, man. You know, you you're not a person that that people jump up to follow. You know, earthquakes on the show. You know what to expect. You always have known what to expect. You said something earlier. You said you know you you didn't get the opportunity to have some of the platforms that some of these other comics have had. Uh, by, you know, hosting the Comic View or was it Def Jams or whatever? Do you feel like at those times when those opportunities were presenting themselves, do you feel like you came close and possibly got overlooked at some moments? Is there, is there any feeling of reservation because some of those things that didn't happen? Or are you okay with the way that some of these things have kind of panned out for you?
1: I mean, when you're dealing with something subjective for what we do, I see who they pick. But I also know I wasn't in tune with the business of show business. I was happy that I could get on stage for an hour and make more money than my other folk dudes who was in the military was working. Jobs was getting in, and it was giving me the independence to do what the fuck I wanted to do, whatever. I never Mm -hmm. came to the conclusion that this was my purpose, this was my calling. This was just something I was doing that I was good at that allowed me to do whatever I wanted and gave me enough money to make me not have to work for somebody else. So when those opportunities came, I could have been better professionally, more uh, applied myself with the game of it. Uh, and when people say show business, it is a game, it's a show. I didn't do that. I came in, did what I did, oh, fuck it, I'm out of here. You know what I mean? And I never applied myself on it. When other people took their profession very, very seriously, and I didn't Wow. at all. And talent doesn't overcome um, determination for or your purpose-driven that you are if that makes sense.
2: Fuck yeah, it makes sense. What do you mean if it makes sense? I clearly understand, man. And I'm, I'm asking you these questions because, you know, as, as comedians, we suffer from this disease of we want what that man got or that man shouldn't have what he got. It should be me. Comedians suffer from this thing more than anybody. It's this weird competition and weird negative tone that presents itself for some, right? And then you got a certain group of comics that are just cool as fuck and that love to be around other comedians. And when I hear you say what you say, when you say, yeah, man, look, that right now, I know what I did or what I didn't do, but that to me is an understanding. I like that you're that you're saying something on behalf of being aware of you, right? Of what you did. I asked you the question because I personally felt like the world of Earthquake was stepped over and missed in those times and that opportunity should have been given because earthquake was forever the hottest fucking guy on the block and it was always a it was always a question mark as to why like why why isn't he the host of or why didn't they reach out to earthquake to be said thing so you know when i got my opportunity to have something i came to you and and the reason why is like i've really been a fucking fan I've really been a fucking fan. Now, I didn't have the, you know, that, I didn't have that comedy thing that was there, but I had this thing I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna see if Quake wanna fuck with me and this can add to what it is that he's doing, but you were the first, you're the first name that popped up because I'm like, the the man is just good at what he does and I wanna do my part in acknowledging that, reaching out to him for that. So I gave you that. And I, I just wanted to see what your personal feeling was towards the time before, and if, you know, if there was some reservation. And I think your answer was great. It was fucking great. Where do you stand at in comedy now? What's your feeling with stand-up comedy now? Oh, man, we great.
1: One of the biggest opportunities in my, um, my career is about to happen, me and your partner. uh, I guess we could talk a little bit about
2: it. Say whatever you want, man. This is authentic dialogue.
1: Uh, Me and Dave Chappelle about to collaborate, and,
2: Dave feel that way, yes. He's a fucking fan. I've talked to Dave about you. He, he's a fan, man.
1: And Dave is, uh, you know, to be quite honest with you, is personally, besides the fact that what you have done for me and Chris Rock and Steve. Once
2: again, a fan. Once again, a fan.
1: You understand? Um, Personally, has provided me opportunities to the point, and the humbleness and the appreciation towards it is enormous. So stand-up wise, man, that's my love, it's my purpose, it's what I do. I heard Chris Rock's interview on BET Plus and what he said was so, it was was so profound, man. He said Dave Chappelle told him, about people being funny or not, he said, no, comedy is a language that I speak very well. And it defines us. You talk that language so great. We talk that language so great. And just to be, Mm. it's a language that it is, Mm -hmm. and just to Mm -hmm. be blessed enough to have it and be able to be self-sufficient on it has always been great for me. And now for people that's in position, such as yourself, Dave, and Chris did it for me when he put me on Everybody Hates Chris. To, to allow me to do it is the most humblest thing in the world. So to answer your question, 21 has been a great year of being with you for three years on your platform and making it to show what it is, the recognition that comes from this, and Dave's reaching out to collaborate for us to do this this summer. It's just been beautiful.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, man. I'm saying this, and, and I mean it. It's something to say when you're the comedian's comedian. Right. And by that, I mean, I can say three comics off the top of my head. Matter of fact, I want to say two. There's two comedians that are comedians, comedians, and that's you and that's JB Smooth. Right. And when I say that, I mean, regardless of who the fuck you're talking to, your name comes up. It's a thing of, I mean, have been funny forever. One of the fun, no, pound for pound, one of the funniest ever fucking do it. It's, it's that thing. And, and when you said, Dave, we've talked about you. We've sat in rooms and we've conversed over how fucking talented you are, how sharp you are, how witty you are. <laughs> and, and, you know, for me, it's just a, it's one of those things where I don't understand why the code was never cracked. So the, the stronger I get, how do I find a way to position you to to crack said code right the 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 stronger or or the more powerful the position what's the code that that can be given to you that you're like oh this is the all oh shit all oh fuck all oh, all oh fuck and i think it's just something that you know that it's going to happen it's it's truly going to happen man um, right. <laughs> when we talk about comedy today though yeah, yeah. right and you're saying dude you're blessed 2021 has been a great year the state of comedy and this is something that I've asked you know a lot of the people that I've had on what do you feel about the state of comedy today you know where, where we actually are the light that's being shined on it the magnifying glass that's over the comedian do you feel like it makes you better do you feel like it makes you worse do you feel like it doesn't matter to you what's your lane?
1: I think right now it's going to be a renaissance for us. I think they're going, we're the third eye. I think we right below the past. people are going to need us. We are even during this uh, pandemic. We're frontline workers also. Wow. I mean, just as bad as coronavirus is uh, contaminating people's bodies and killing souls, mental health helps. I mean, you yourself don't. There's no way for you to ever know, Kev, how many people you helped them get from Tuesday to Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So they was able to deal with Thursday. Mm. You get what I'm saying? That one joke, that one special helped them to get to Wednesday, till that he could deal with Thursday. Had you not did that, it would have been fucking over at Tuesday <laughs> and they wouldn't have seen Wednesday and Thursday. We're frontline workers. so the importance of what we do and who we are can't be downgraded. So me personally, I think right now, no disrespect to any other genre of talent that's out, but ours is gonna be the front line, up the front to be able to put everything. We're the only one that can deal with the social aspect of it, of our profession, the laughter, uh, just the entertainment part, If you just wanna get your mind off the situation, you can come see us. If you want to be the political part of it to say this is fucked up politically, but we're gonna laugh about it together, we hit all spectrums of it. And I think right now, it's gonna be like, you know, I wasn't around, but like the 70s, that they just gonna drove to clubs, to arenas and everything to hear the gospel of the stuff that we spit and for the people it's like I said, comedy as a language that does well, can do well, can resonate.
2: I love that you said the third eye. The third eye makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. I mean, because look, what we do is powerful. It's, it's, a, it's, it's something that's needed. It's something that's necessary. More importantly, it's something that has an impact, right? Like, you know, that funny, and, and those that provide that funny, well, you know, you're providing a service. And from that service comes the, uh, a, a fucking a needed a needed laugh, a needed a needed relief. So I definitely understand what you're saying when you say that. You've also become very vocal, man, on the side of our community. You've taken your platform, radio and, and social media, to truly make people aware of how uneven we are in our world today when it comes to black to white. I can't say that I've always known that side of you to be vocal to be I guess you say is passionate about it because you know people are they may feel it but I've never I've never been around you enough to see this side of you what made you turn that switch on of no fuck that fuck this here's the problem and this is what needs to change and Quake I, I see you saying it on everything like when I say I follow you I follow you when it's time to vote, speaking up as to why, what you need to know, what you need to do. When it comes to right from wrong, here's what's fucked up, and here's why it's fucked up. Here's what was racist. Here's what needs to change immediately. These are the laws. What made you become so well-versed and so well-spoken on behalf of our culture?
1: I mean, we <laughs> we had a, a clear and present danger, bruh. That, Duke was a danger. You understand what I'm saying? They had people always say, "Yeah, yeah." It always was that way. No, they had a spokesman. <laughs> they, 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 had a, a sympathizer. They had a, come on in. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, the whole night. So it was just that time, man. It was, it was that time. And right is right, wrong is wrong, and how dare you? try to diminish the contribution that my people have done for this country. I served nine years in the military. I know I have traveled Mm, the world. I know the message you send to the rest of the world, democracy. Quality, all of this stuff I fought for it. I've been there on alert, standing in for 12 hours and being deployed at places because they was a threat just in case they was coming in. I've been through all of that. And to sit here and be hypocritical the way you are, that no. And I know your true power is at the ballot box because you was making laws, preventing laws and removing laws point, point towards my people. And I, though some of them will benefit me because when Trump did the tax cut, saved me a lot of money. I was behind on my taxes when he did the forget the tax. All that he put in there helped me enormous. But I can't eat well. And I know everybody else that look like me, talk like me can. So even though it benefited me, I still had to call you out and let them know we have to get rid of him because if we don't. It's going to be worse for all of us, including the 1% percenter like
2: I am. Hey Amen. That's so well said. And Quake, when you, when you talk about it, that fast I forgot your military roots. When you talk about your passion, when you talk about your commitment, you talk about the service that you provided, but you, you know the things that are wrong. You see the things that are wrong. And you speak up on them. I think that's dope, man. I think that's dope as fuck, you know, to really take advantage of the platforms that you have. And you have. And you do. You really do. Want to make mom's day?
0: Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more.
2: What else does Quake want to do when it comes to this business, right? Of course, you've talked about the stand-up and you've talked about uh, how passionate you are about the craft. What else in a perfect world does Quake want to do within this world of entertainment, within this business? I want to, I'm going to put my best work out this year. I like that.
1: With me and Dave. Then I'm going to, hang around people such as you and the rest of them, people that's been where I'm trying to go. And I'ma pick a vehicle that best displays my talent, either that is a a sitcom, movie, whatever on that on it. And um, then I'ma tour again, and then I'ma make choices based upon the things that I wanna do, such as movies and TV, that enhances, you know, where I want to be at. And what I mean by that is, you know, I just left. I love being on the neighborhood with said because I'm learning a lot about it, but it ain't work. So I want to do more shit that ain't work, but allow my creativity to come out. Because if it becomes work, then it stifles my creativity because I'm thinking instead and allowing my natural gift that God has given me. So I, I have to get around people such as you, Dave, Chris, and there's these opportunities that I feel that's gonna to come to me. How do I do this brothers? How do I, I wanna do this, how do I do this and control this much of the control of it to allow me to do it this way and do it and I'm good with
2: it. Well Quake, that comes with with conversation and dialogue. And I mean, right now, when 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 you have thoughts or you have ideas, if it's about executing them, that's where we got to do our job as friends to make sure that we're opening up, you know, the, the lines of communication to give that information. So when, when you say to me, hey, Kev, yo, I've never asked. I ain't never asked you for shit, man. Right now I'm asking for the understanding of how to do this and how to do it correctly. I got a job to do at that point as your friend, as your guy. And if I don't do that job, then that means that I'm not really what I've said that I am. That means that I'm not really, I'm not really stepping up to the plate to simply provide you with understanding and information. That shit should be free. And when you got people that have it at the level that that you have, when you're talking about Steve, when you're talking about said, when you're talking about Dave, when you're talking about myself, and I just to name a few, you can go down a list. You don't have the enemies. You got the fans. I'm telling you in a nutshell, brother, like there's no world where, where that isn't given. There, there is no world where the business would not be given. And I'm telling you that. That's on this podcast. This ain't for fucking fanfare. That's why I don't do setup questions. That's why I don't do a prep. This is real dialogue. This is real fucking dialogue. You got that from me, man. How many years you got in the business now, Quay?
1: Since 91, brother.
2: God damn.
1: <laughs> yeah, got out the military in 91, went to Atlanta and started off. And, and to your credit, you told me this, though. And people that said it, you said, man, and I, you say, you got an ace in your back pocket when you want to use it. Come holler at me. You told me that when you gave me the show. That's you it. told me that. But see, brother, I'm not gonna come to come. I'm gonna come and like, it's right. I'm right. I'm there. It's there. I'm not going it's a shot. You don't, when you come for a shot and you ask it for a shot, it's also your responsibility if you have done everything for yourself first before you ask somebody else. So I had to, lose the weight. I had to take my actor class. I had to see what people was doing. And then I had to come to the conclusion, what do I really want to do? And and those things just came in the last two or three years to what I really wanted to do. And also got the people out of my life that would have prevented me and was preventing me from having it. And had I used the the leverage of knowing you, I fuck around with a fuck around and lost it with the people that I had with me. So my spirit wasn't right. So if I wasn't right, I wasn't coming to you and say yes. But I'm right now. Everything is good, everything is right. I have never been. So clearly I know who everybody is. I know who everybody is not. I know where it is. Some good.
2: You know what I like about that, man? It's like, there's nothing better than just knowing your shit. Like, you know, I know where my bullshit lies, right? Like, I I know. I know my bullshit. So I can't ignore my bullshit. You got you know, you got people that want to fucking ignore what their reality is. Some people know what the fuck it is, but they act like they don't. They act like, you know you fucking lazy. True. Hey, man, you know that you don't like... Fucking doing shit. You know your problem. And of course, I'm talking vague. If my listeners are just now listening, I'm talking about people that just act as if they don't know their shit. What I like about what you're saying, man, if I'm hearing correctly, you're like, look, man, I you said it, Kev. You told me I had this in my back pocket. But when I come, I want to be right. I want to be prepared. I want to make sure that I got my shit together. I want to make sure that I'm not in a position to fuck off whatever said opportunity would be. And when that is and when that was or when that will, I'll do it. But right now you're speaking as if yo man, I got my shit together and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about these things that I got coming up. I'm excited about this year. I'm excited about getting back out there because I'm excited about my mindset. That's what I'm like as you talk, Quake. That's when I'm breaking down from this conversation. I'm hearing you talk and project a different mindset like I got some oh yes. ooh. yeah 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 you yeah. got it I swear yeah. To God. Yeah. yeah and I, I can like you know when you you were saying earlier like we speak this language we're of course doing a podcast and you know this is this is a listen for you but me quick on zoom and as he's talking I'm looking at him I'm looking at you at the same time. I see it. I, I can see your excitement in whatever it is that you're building. I can see it. Seinfeld was one of my episodes. And Seinfeld was talking to me about how much he hate TV. Listen to this shit right here, quick. It's going to blow your fucking mind. He was talking about how he stepped away from TV. I just don't want to do it. I lost the, he's like, I lost the thing, you know, it just it was what it was. I felt like it got to the height that I could get to, and it was just, it was it. In that point, I just didn't want to do it. I felt like I didn't need to do it. Uh, I don't know. So I never went back to that thing. Then I found the Comedians in Cars and I had a good time with it, but you know, it ran its course. I did it and I maximized it, but then, you know, it was... Uh. And he started talking about a new thing. He said, I can't tell you what it is. He said, but I think I got a thing. And he was so excited. He was so excited about having a thing, at that level Quake, I'm telling you what I'm telling you for a reason, at that level and that height of success, what was more important than anything was his excitement over having a thing again that he could dig back into. Your excitement is about a fucking thing and you don't wanna say shit about it because you're like, ooh, when these motherfuckers see, ooh. Ooh, (laughs) I love it, man. Who is Quake's mentor? Who who does Quake talk to? Who has Quake talked to? That's another Achilles heel of mine
1: because all y'all are my friends, but we don't conversate. So I have to get y'all information and education third party that God gave it to me. I might hear something that you say and it resonate with where I'm at without me have to talk to you. You know what I mean? And that's how it's always been through my career. It mm-hmm. always have been, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hearing Steve with his Steve Harvey's uh, speeches in the morning before he get on there, it moves me. As soon as I catch him, I swear, just like a pastor when you're walking into a church, he talking to me today, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, oh yeah oh my man and so that's how i get down i don't watch too many um comedians that way because since i don't rap and it's a thought process i try not to listen to them though i want to because i don't want to be contaminated and think i came up with it subconsciously so i have to keep my mind pure on that end you know what i mean i just can't watch
2: i'm the same way
1: uh but other than that man um That's about it. I watch more interviews. Like I said, I watch Chris Rock's ones that he was on BET and it was everything I needed formulated right where I was at. And I'm like, ah. And that's the same thing. Every time I see your interviews and stuff, I watch it because I know something as if I was talking to you gonna come out of there without me physically being there, asking you that question.
2: I swear to God, this is just why I like doing this. I like doing this shit for these conversations, man. It gives me an opportunity just to have the talk that I wish we could have more of, right? And it and, and encourages me now to go, man, let me just make sure I check in more. Make sure, because it's not all on one side. Like, let me, let me make sure I check in more because those check-ins go a long way. And right now between you and I, this is acting as a check-in for me. It's acting as a check-in but it really, like, you know, I can do better with us. I'll say that, Quake. You on Quake's house, Sirius XM. for those who do not know, uh, Quake has a radio show on Laugh Out Loud Radio, and he's been with me for fucking three years, three seasons. You're on three seasons, right? If I'm not mistaken, Quake. And there's an assumption of, yo, man, me and Quake, we fucking great, man. That's my guy. And You know, he know he my guy. I know that that's my guy, and it's an assumption. But this here just, it... There's a, there's a strong sense of warmth. That's right. That's come from yeah. this conversation here.
1: Yes. And I'm letting
2: <laughs> you know for real, factually, I'm going to do better with us. Just with me and you, just checking on my fucking guy. Because what you're saying, like, yeah, man, I don't be wanting to, you know, I got to get it in pieces or I, you know, I'm waiting to come. There needs to be just more of an open, an open door here in general, for you because of my level of respect for you, man. It's like that's like I'm I'm telling you, I'm not just saying that shit. This is it's it's real. There's a high level of respect for fucking Quake.
0: Listen to the Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You know, Quake, there, there's so many similarities that we share. I remember when we were going through our divorces at the same time, right? And and the crazy thing about the divorces, the one thing we're not going to do is get into a conversation about our exes because that's not what men do. We don't we don't do that. We don't need to go and 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 talk about things or bring up stuff or or bash. But I remember. There was such a, we just laughed at one another at one point. Yeah, <laughs> because we were we were going through the same shit. You get the you get the passing these stories back and forth, and all you can do is laugh. That's all we can fucking do is laugh. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Me too. I'm about to. I'm yeah.
1: Remember, remember we was at the after party, and you like, yeah, you was coming out of yours. <laughs> and you said some shit talking about, yeah, it's good to have a good woman, you ain't gotta go through that shit. I said, well, thanks, Ken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <ain't> gone through. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Quake. It's just hitting you still, huh? <laughs> remember when we was there? I said, well, you were sitting on the back of the shit. And I was like, so really, man? You gonna bring that fucking shit up right
2: now? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah i remember that shit like yesterday oh that to me is is so funny because you know when you when you have those moments you hold on to those moments you hold on to those fucking relatable moments man you said you gotta go and you you know you you got so many you pick these pieces from all of them right if you could tell me right now you gotta give me your your guy though or woman, who are you a fan of? Like just, but just give me your one. Give me your, or, or give me your top, give me your top three. What is your comedic top three? Who's Quake's comedic top three?
1: Oh, um, most talented person I ever met. Um, totality of it in our realm is Eddie Murphy. You know, when I met that motherfucker. Yeah, when I met Ed, I was like, oh my God. Um, who had the most influence on me? Um commit stand-up wise is Steve Harvey. Love Steve. Work ethic. And I'm not just saying that, so I'm on I'm on here with you. <laughs> You're the hardest working motherfucker. See, I used to look at my woman and say, no run, look at this motherfucker. If I was to get up, run, <laughs> lift, go over here. Do that, hell yeah, I do an hour a day and I get an hour a day results. That nigga, <laughs> is. is. <laughs> Cause when they hate, I be trying to say, it, nigga, you, it's the totality of what he's doing. You trying to look at LeBron James and say, okay, I jump higher than LeBron, that makes you a better player. It's his so, it's whole game, nigga. You might jump higher, to it, metaphorically speaking, than him is, but you don't have no crossover. You don't have no jumper. You don't have no. You don't have it all together. So why? Nor are you applying to work on those skills that you already have. Here's back to what you said. You still saying the same shit that you've been saying for ten years, and that's all you do. So and then you're gonna say, "I should be there." So your work effort on it. I sit there, I said, there is, I can't expect to get the results you're getting unless I work just as hard as my friend who's showing you every post. I'm like, this nigga is dead again with this other light skin nigga working out again. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga ran the marathon and still went on stage. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, I work out and don't want to go to the club. This nigga ran up. You know. They she so, sure did. I was yeah.
2: on a bitch with Charlie horses.
1: Yes, but I'll never forget that. But see, well, you set a standard. And until motherfuckers want to meet that standard, they shouldn't complain. And so when I see you do that, it's inspirational. So i like, yeah, motherfucker, now I ain't running no marathon, but I am going to get up, watch what I eat, not do this on here, work out. Do this shit because the man is doing this. He's showing it do this. And you used to always put the jab in niggas' face. You want the success, but you don't want to work hard. They're like, oh, that's some cold shit, Ken.
2: <laughs> I just want to sit there. You know, I mean, but you got you got two of them though. You know, you got you Steve ain't no bitch. Ooh, yeah. I I got, I'm gonna be honest with you, Unc. I call him Unk. Unk done sat me down, Quake. Unk gave it to me straight up. Unk told me, he said, Hey man. He said, you can go out here and do one thing, or you know, Steve cussed for no reason. At all. You know, my, at least, you know, yeah, at least when I I curse quick, I'm trying to cuss, you know, it it goes with what I'm saying. Steve uses cuss words when you don't, and they're aggressive, which is what (laughs) makes me laugh. He said, see, you can do one thing, or you can motherfucking go out there. You know, he just, and it's aggressive. (laughs) Oh, you fucker, you know, because they don't, motherfuckers don't. Steve, wait, don't. I don't think you need to get, I'm listening to you, man. Steve said, you can do one thing, Kevin, or you can use one thing to put you in a position to do 10 more things just for you to do one more great thing. And I was like, I don't understand. He said, business comes in tears. He said, you only have one tear when you tell a joke, but that joke takes you a place where you can get to another tier Mm. and then on that tier you learn that writing a joke can put you in position to write the show writing the show can put you in position to be a creator a producer you can get in position to be the star you can be an actor you can be a host you can be a part of the process being a part of the process puts you in position to eventually own when you start to own you meet other motherfuckers that own when you meet other people that own, well, guess what? They let you invest in stuff they own. Now you look at it, you in the venture business. He said, when you get in the venture business and you start to become a person that owns several things, well, people think you got the magic touch. So now guess what? They want you to be the face of more shit that people can own so they know that you're the guy. He said, it doesn't stop. He said, the world is big because of how many people are in it. Do you want to go to one place in the world or do you want to go to them all? and when you go, do you want to be known? You talking young K Hart, Quake. We're the hoodie awards. Steve sat me down. This is when it's starting it's starting to happen. And he let me know how he broke the hoodie awards down. I started this, but I was in business with this people. And they came in as sponsors. And I made them all, put up set amount of money. We put this thing on. It's for the people. But listen, y'all going to pay for this because the people not getting the money from y'all. And they need to feel this. So I'm going to provide He gave such a simplistic outline to the structure that he has approached his his profession and his craft with. And it's never left me. It's never left me, Quake. It's a it's a compliment and I thank you for that. I mean that, I thank you for that. But Steve ain't no bitch. At all. That, that man, that man doesn't, and like even now Quake, you with, with radio, like this ain't, this is huge. It's huge, like, you know, you do great numbers on this platform, you got an audience, that's your audience, man. You got an audience. And with that audience, they're going to follow you. So as you now continue to do more, man, you get to let your audience know weekly. You get to let your audience know you're creating a fucking circle. And that circle is going to be revenue that just comes back to you. You're going to tell people where the hell you go to perform. They're going to go there. They're going to buy tickets there. You're going to tell people what you're working on or what show do you got coming out or what movie you're going to do. Hey, what you're creating and why you want to do it. What book you write? Motherfucker, you got to write a book. Yeah. (laughs) And if you want the information as to how to get there, I'm here to give it to you. You got to write a book, Quake. Your comedic journey, man, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. This younger generation has to know. They need to know. Why not? Why not? One of the best storytellers to touch a goddamn microphone. This is when Steve will cuss at you, by the way. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the fuck are you talk about? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Love
1: it, man. That's my God, man.
2: I am swearing to you, man. I'm telling you. I am going to make sure Quick, got my cell, send it to him, uh, in text, Quick, after you get it, I just want to make sure that we current, we up to date. When you ready, I know you're going to hit, but I'm going to give you a call and I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you something offline that is very easy for you to do. I'm going to open up one, just one window of idea. It's very easy for you to do and you're going to go, oh shit. And And you still got your ace of spade in your back pocket. I mean that. I fucking mean that. You want to tell people where they can fucking hear you, where, where Quake House is played. out and plugged it several times, but you plug it your way, brother, before we get ready to wrap this up.
1: Thank you, Kev. Quake's House is uh Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Radio, Sirius XM, channel 96. Kick it in my house till you get to your house, and you can come to my house as long as you got that vaccine. That means you're clean. That's how we getting (laughs) down over here, Kevin Haas. One to three the number one radio show on Sirius XM. Voted by me and my mama and we stopped counting like Trump did, the election is over with. (laughs) Kevin Hart's (laughs) Laugh Out Loud Radio is the shit. We closed the polls, we took back the votes, (laughs) and it was rigged if we didn't win. That's how we get down. (laughs) Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Radio, Sirius XM channel 96. Kick it to my house until you get to your house. (laughs)
2: What we stopped with me and my mama. We closed the polls just like Trump. <laughs>
1: As soon as I got her ballot. You never won, baby. That's it.
2: <laughs> That's it. Shut it no down. That's shut it
1: down. We won. Now, quick,
2: y'all do guests.
1: Yes. Yes. Man, we done had everybody. We just had Tashina Arnold. We have everybody. What we bring is, what we usually do, bring four comedians together, sit back and, uh, through hot topics and segments together, and wow, I bring them in go. in that's the house. I mean. And um, we do uh, just sit down and come and and allow them to elaborate on um, whatever subject that we come up on.
2: And I'm the host. Yeah, fucking amazing goddamn platform for comedians, is what you are. I mean, you get, you have, I mean, it's comedians on comedians that come on your show that you embrace, that you allow to come on, that you allow to shine. Yes. I was trying to see if you would go in that direction, but that's what the fuck. That's what makes your show so special. So you're doing dope shit already. And I'm just going to keep on shining a light on what the fuck makes you dope. Because whether you realize it or not, I'm telling you, others do. Others do. Point blank. Others do. Which is why you get the respect that you goddamn get, brothers. Well-deserved. Uh, so I just encourage anybody, any and everybody, if you haven't listened to it, give it a listen, man. I like the fact this man reaches back. Comedy is hard. Comedy is fucking hard. That's why not that many make it. It's a struggle fucking craft. And there's a lot of struggle that comes with it. So if you got people that are giving opportunities or giving some type of platform for people to be funny, for people to be heard, to hopefully turn that level of funny into other revenue or other stand up opportunities, Man, there's a high level of selflessness that goes in that. Respect to the OG. Goddamn earthquake. Ladies and gentlemen, this, this is comedy gold mines. And today we got into the fucking mine of earthquake. And I'll say it again, a fucking legend. I believe in the whole give people their flowers while they're here thing. I believe in it. Today I gave my guy his. Man, I appreciate you for doing this, Quake. This was dope as hell.
1: Thank you, man. I love you, man. And peace to you and your family, man. Much love.
2: I love you back. Comedy Goldmines is a Sirius XM and
0: LOL audio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weil. With Tastemakers Media, Emile Garner and Ian McDonnell. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slacation.